0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. All of your favorite social media platforms were there for you. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually really easy to find. The first thing that pops up, usually, uh, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. If you want to drop me a line Uh, before the show, uh, all of our pickers are very animated about some scandals. That's right. On today's show, we're talking uh, some of the big scandals going on in the sports world, uh, whether it's Manchester City in the Premier League. Nick is really fired up about that and ready to talk about how it uh, affects some of the gambling futures and the future of the league uh, in general. And Don't worry, we're talking a little bit about the Astros sign stealing scandal, but first we've got to get you paid. Uh, We're talking NBA midseason awards and uh, how to bet some of the futures on MVP, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year, and most improved player. And don't worry, we've got college basketball lined up as well. Sean Higgs is here to talk some college hoops, Xavier St. John's. North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Iowa State and Kansas. Kansas uh, having a great season over there. Uh, It's crazy that the Big 12, uh, they're second place in the Big 12 right now because Baylor is the number one team in college basketball. And, of course, North Carolina and Notre Dame, those two teams struggling. North Carolina, last place in the ACC. Uh, If you thought the first this season that we'd be saying that, I mean, I guess you should go to Vegas because I wouldn't have said that. (laughs) Because every year it seems like they have talent. So I don't know what's going on with them this year. Uh, They've lost five in a row now. Uh, Can we get some value by playing North Carolina in this game? Uh, We'll talk to Sean Higgs about that. But first, first segment, we're talking NBA. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays. We're back after the break talking a little NBA back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, as always, uh, at Chelsea Messengers, my handle on Twitter, if you want to give me a shout. Uh, It's basketball season. It's actually smack dab in the middle of basketball season for the NBA. Uh, Of course, All-Star Weekend, uh, coming, going, going on uh, as we speak, but... We're doing a fun little segment here with Tony T where we're talking mid-season awards. If the season ended today, who would get the big-time hardware? MVP, Defensive Rookie of the Year, or Player of the Year, excuse me, uh, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, and Most Improved Player, Tony T. Uh, let's bring you in here. How you doing?
2: Howdy. I'm doing great. I feel good after a pretty good All-Star uh, break and a good All-Star Saturday. Uh, things happen for me.
1: Right, Uh, not to, I guess you don't like tooting your own horn because uh, Tony T did pretty well in picking some of those all-star competitions, three-point competition. Buddy Heald, who was, what was he, plus 700 or plus 600?
2: Plus 700 in close six, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good win. Uh, All-star, or the, I always want to call it the Futures game, Uh, the Rising Stars game. You pick Team USA, Team USA won, and also the dunk contest, which was a little controversial, uh, but picked that one correctly as well. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, Were you a little, little nervous yeah, watching? Yeah, I was nervous tape? on that
2: slam dunk. Yeah, I was nervous with Buddy Hill making that comeback at the with making seven of eight. Of course, uh, Aaron Gordon. You know, I think there was a little bit of Aaron Gordon fatigue there. Just too many, you know, opportunities four times there. And, of course, Derek Jones was snubbed the, the past few times. Thought it was his, his turn to shine. Of course, it helps when you have Dwayne Wade as one of the judges. So these things are judged. So you got you to uh, look at all angles when, when you handicap uh, All-Star weekend.
1: Right. That's a tough one when it's in the hands of somebody who uh, can be is it subjective. Yes, subjective is the word I'm looking for. Uh, so this is another subjective award. Let's talk MVP and let's talk, uh, mid-season awards. If the season were to end right now, who would you like for MVP?
2: Yeah, now I'm going to look at this from my perspective here, which I look at both sides of the court, offensive and defensive. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look here at, uh, also too, I'm going to let you guys all know I have a Western conference bias. I mean, when you're <laughs> for these players, I mean, when you're facing the likes of the Knicks, Charlotte Hornets, Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, there's just so many bad. Half the teams are bad in the East, so I'm I'm going to be really Western Conference biased here. I'm, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis here as the mid-season MVP. Look what he's done for this, in, the improvement of the Lakers. They play in the Western Conference. Everybody gets up for them. They're 41 and 12 straight up. Uh, his odds actually are plus 2,200 to to win it. I, I'd like the odds here with Anthony Davis. Um, you know, I, I, I've talked about it before. He's brought a professional culture to this team on both ends of the court. He plays very hard. He's averaging. 26 points, nine rebounds a game, really good offensive numbers. Uh, rating 122 points per, per hundred possessions when he's on the court, and uh, you know I do respect Giannis, but you know, half the teams are bad in the East, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look his way. Of course, uh, you know LeBron James, uh, you know I'll give him honorable mention and Harden too, but uh, and also Kawhi who misses too many games. But I, my my midseason MVP Anthony Davis.
1: Right. What I would ask is, do you think the fact that LeBron's on his team hurts his chances? Cause obviously LeBron's a contender as well.
2: You know, that's a good question. But the thing is, is there isn't a whole lot of depth on that Laker team. So it's pretty much Kuzma can show up at times. And we have this talk about with the Lakers, you know, where, where they don't have a lot of, a lot of support for these two, but, uh, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to have LeBron on the court as well. But a lot of these teams have at least two or three superstars on them. And I think, uh, but one thing with Anthony Davis, which really stands out, is, is his defensive ability and, and his work ethic. I think that's going to hold form here toward the, at the end of the season.
1: Right. You say the defense matters, and it does. Uh, but in the past, we've seen it, the award go to uh, people that score. And uh, James Harden fits that bill to a T. He's averaging 37 points a game. Uh, does not play much defense, but I mean, the stats, they're outrageous. He scores a lot of points. Uh, especially on that Rockets team where uh, Russell Westbrook's really not contributing um, as much as maybe people thought he would, uh, why would you not give it to James Harden? Is it just an odds thing or – yeah,
2: well, the thing is, is, I look again, it goes back to what, what you look at. And I, I'm looking at both sides, both ends of the court. And, and, and now with these advanced stats that, that calculate defensive efficiency, defensive ratings, how many points do you give up when you're on the court, those are factors you can take into it as well. Uh, two-point defense for the Lakers. Look at the improvement of the Lakers defensively since he's been on the court. Of course, the Rockets really had to make some major changes uh, to that team. You know, so uh, I, again... I'm looking here at playing on both ends of the court, his production and the teammates around him, how, how, well, he, how well he plays. And, you know, as you mentioned about, uh, it's, it's, it's been well documented with Harden's defense. I just can't, it's hard for me uh, to, to give an award to someone like that who doesn't play at both ends of the court. And, and I know my standards are different than everyone else's. Everyone gets, gets caught up in scoring. But again, in our industry, when we're handicapping games, looking for winners, you always have to factor in that defense because poor defensive form, they're not going to give you many covers.
1: Here's my second question. In the age of analytics, uh, which it's really big now, a lot of teams uh, are big on these analytical uh, stats, how much do you take into account analytics? Do you base it just on that alone, or does some of it go uh, by feel? Because I'm sure there's a metric somewhere, kind of like wins above replacement in baseball, that you can judge all of these players and just give it to the player who has the best uh, number in that category. Do we do it by that or do we uh, do some kind of uh, gut feeling or do you think it should be strictly based on numbers?
2: No, I, I think it's a combination of both here. I think you've got to watch the games and you've got to pay attention to some of the stats and the meaningful stats. And one thing I like to look at is points per possession when you're on the court. And that's something where Anthony Davis really thrives. I mean, you know, the Lakers score an average of 122 points per 100 possessions when Anthony Davis is on the court and uh, you know, that is, that's something to look at. You also have to look at the defensive ratings. How many points do you allow when you're on your court? I think when, when sports betting comes into play here, when, it's, when, when people talk about it more, I think that's when defense will be, will, will be, will be more of a focal point. I think we're probably a generation away from that happening uh, where, where um, people look at that uh, stat a little bit more because their money's on it. But as gambling becomes more and more popular, I think people will start focusing more on the, on the defensive contributions of players.
1: All right, so next question. Defensive player of the year. Uh, obviously, if you like Anthony Davis for MVP, he's a defensive guy. We saw it even in college. Do you like him for Defensive Player of the Year?
2: Yeah, that goes hand in hand with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take uh, Anthony Davis's defense. You know, when you look at him on the court, defensive rating, 101 points allowed per 100 possessions. A really solid rim protector. Tireless worker, work ethic, strong. Is, you know, what, look at the Lakers, how they improved defensively you know, with, their, with, with the addition of Davis. He's been the difference. Of course, he is one of the star players and so people feed off his focus on the court. And I think he's, he definitely uh, lifts the team, his teammates. Now, listen, Giannis, I have a, I have a lot of respect for Giannis, but as I, as I qualified earlier in the segment, half the teams are bad in the East. I just cannot give the a, award to Giannis. Uh, when you look at the Western Conference, day in, day out, it's a dogfight. We're looking at teams like Memphis, Sacramento. These teams can show up and give you a, a, a game every night. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely on that, on that uh, board with, with, with Anthony Davis. Now, someone to look at is Rudy Gobert. Again, he kind of falls under the radar, but when you look at his defensive rating, it's pretty good. He allows 102 points per 100 possessions, and one thing to note, he's got a very high offensive rating, so he's someone to look at. But the problem with Utah is this team has just been a streaky team. They have spells of very poor defensive play, and that's going to that's hurt Gobert's chances in this category.
1: All right, so we've talked a lot about MVP, and now we only have a minute left. <laughs> uh, rookie of the Year, <laughs> Coach of the Year, Most Improved Player. Uh, go.
2: Yeah, I like, uh, obviously, J- Jay Morant here for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the team is a winning team. He's averaging 17 points, but I like the fact that he's making 49% of his shots for a rookie. That's amazing here. Uh, that's that. I'm, I'm with uh, John Morant here. Most Improved. Uh, I'm going to go to Luka Doncic. Uh, near 29 points per game, which is eight points greater than his rookie season. Coach of the year, Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors. People thought the Raptors were going to dive. No, the team is competitive. Could be a contender for the Eastern Conference. No Kawhi, but I'm telling you, this team plays very well with, with and uh, you got to credit Nurse's contributions there as head coach.
1: All right. Thanks, Tony T, for joining us. And his picks were red hot for All-Star Weekend, so you better <laughs> listen to him. Uh, we're back after the break, talking soccer with Nick Geber on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. If you want to give us a shout or, you know, watch any of our content on any of those platforms. And also, you can go to picksandparlays.net. We've got all kinds of stuff there as well. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. It's my handle. It's my name if you want to give me a shout. Uh right now we are talking scandal in the Premier League uh with Nick Geber. Nick, are you ready to talk some scandal with this Manchester City uh bombshell?
0: That's right, Chelsea. You know, I'm I'm always ready to talk football. You know, you know what I mean? I, I mean the real football, the one that the rest of the world plays, follows, loves, adores. You know what I'm talking about, Chelsea. The beautiful game, the Jogo Benito. Let's talk football. Huge scandal, of course, you're talking about it. Manchester City Football Club, Chelsea. They are the repeat English Premier League champions. Have been found guilty by UEFA, which is the European soccer governing body, the second most powerful governing body in all of soccer, with the exception of FIFA itself. They have been found guilty of violating financial fair play rules. Now, I know people listening to this and rolling their eyes. Two things. Well, soccer, oh, man, that's one. And then financial <laughs> fair your American play. American accent. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> well, financial fair play is really important because what happened a number of years ago – Uh, especially as the Soviet Union crumbled and all this massive amounts of money started coming out of the Soviet Union with the oligarchs and Middle Eastern money coming in. People started coming in and just buying football clubs around Europe and putting billions of dollars into them. And when I say billions, I mean it. Like Roman Abramovich, an oligarch from Russia, bought Chelsea Football Club, bought them basically out of bankruptcy and uh, just started plowing in enormous amounts of money. And, of course, they started winning the league year in and year out because they were buying all the top players. I hope that tastes good, Chelsea. Uh, Buying all the top players. (laughs) And uh, better have something a little stronger in there. But um, so uh, a number of clubs have done this. Manchester City went from relative obscurity outside of England into a big global brand, because they were bought by Sheikh Mansour, uh, who is uh, a a Middle Eastern gentleman, as I'm sure you can uh, imagine, with a name like Sheikh Mansour. Uh, But he bought uh, Manchester City Football Club and plowed billions of dollars into them, literally. And what happened as a result of that is they brought in financial uh, fair play rules. By the way, his name's Mansour bin Zayed Al-Naihan. And I know we just call him, you know, we call him Bill, but that's just the way it goes. (laughs) Um, But uh, he is with the Emirates. uh, And so... They put in rules, basically, to close the door after this has already happened. So basically they're saying, you know, now you have to have – you have to spend money in a reasonable manner. You can't just go crazy. It has to be related to how much uh, overall global revenue you bring in, et etc., et cetera, et cetera. Well, what this bloke was doing was basically skirting the rules because Emirates um, – uh, the Etihad, which is his airline that he owns, is the primary sponsor of Manchester City. So when he needed money to buy new players and uh, and 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 you know cheat basically, what they did is they just pumped up the sponsorship for Etihad. So the Sheikh would give Etihad the money, and Etihad would give the money to Manchester City in guise of a sponsorship. Uh, of course, that's cheating. Uh, Etihad, uh, uh, an airline that's apparently giving back sixty of its planes because it can't turn a profit, is unlikely to be plowing billions of dollars into advertising. So uh, what, uh, it was a German magazine, Der Spiegel, found this out. Der Spiegel. I know it sounds pretty nasty, but uh, there is a cure for that now. Uh, They, uh, Der Spiegel's a very famous German magazine, by the way. They they found this out, uh, Exposé. Anyway, bottom line, long story short. I know it's still been a long story, even though I said it was short. What has happened is that UEFA have fined Manchester City £25 million, which is nothing because they banned them from all European competition for two years, no Champions League. Now, to give you an idea, Man City are planning on winning the Champions League the next two years. Liverpool last year for winning the Champions League got 150 million pounds. So you're talking about a 300 million pounds, about a 420 million dollar a year windfall that Manchester City will now not get for the next two years. Their players' contracts are going to be uh, are going to be null and void. Uh, the manager Pep Guardiola, very probably considered one of the two best managers in the world right now. He's likely going to lead. Leave uh, this club will not be able to recruit players. Uh, it is a disaster. One of the huge clubs in Europe has the potential here to be totally gutted. Chelsea. Now, you're going to ask me the obvious question. I'm going to let you answer it. Ask me, Nick. How does this affect betting? Go ahead. I'm waiting.
1: So, Nick, how does this affect betting? Well,
0: funny you should ask that, Chelsea. Funny you should ask that. Uh, Because, to give you an example, uh, Manchester City are playing West Ham United on Wednesday in a match that they will no doubt win because they're still a great team with all their great players there. But the opening odds for this, Manchester City were minus 1,250 favourites. That's 12.5 to 1 favourites to win this game. They are now minus 714 favourites. The odds have almost been halved since this came out with the odds makers thinking maybe these players are thinking hey I'm done with this BS I'm Gonzo so it, it is possible and then West Ham United need a win as we'll talk about in a second here so this is a huge huge scandal Chelsea it's going to rock the global sports stage uh and we'll have to see what happens and how it affects betting but shall we get on to some of my Premier League um Uh, future picks here because there is one that relates here and that is the top four position should we talk about it
1: yes let's do it because uh, just a shout out to the viewers Nick's made me some money Uh, a lot of these draws have been hitting so you need to listen to them
0: Unfortunately, we didn't get the Newcastle draw today. Uh, They got murdered 4-0 by Arsenal, which is a complete shocker. I had to do a double-take. I thought maybe I was in some sort of wicked nightmare. But, in fact, Arsenal did manage to score four goals it was at home. But let's talk about that another time. Let's talk about the Champions League spots because... The way this works is the top four teams in the Premier League go to the Champions League, and that is what you play for to win if you're not going to win trophies or the league title. So Liverpool are top. They are one in 1,000. Okay, They're going to win the league. They're 25 points clear of Manchester City. They're likely going to set all sorts of records. I think we spoke about this last year, last week. It feels like last year, Chelsea, honestly, but it's last week. Uh, and that's your Manchester team, City. so I
1: hear about it all the time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Manchester City uh, is going to be... Uh, right behind them, also at one in a thousand, because no one, quite honestly, is catching Manchester City, at least uh, unless they get a twenty-five point league reduction, which is some discussion about that, but that likely will come next year and not this year. Uh, by the way, some of the other ramifications of that are, of course, that uh, it's going to probably solidify Liverpool's dominance in the Premier League over the next few years. So we can talk about that another time. But Man City are second. Uh, and that's not going to change one in a 1,000. However, third place, Leicester City, they're one in 100. Okay, They are currently nine points above fourth place, Chelsea. I don't see Leicester City dropping out of the top four. But fourth place, Chelsea Football Club, are 41 points. Now, Tottenham Hotspur also have, have 40 points, and Sheffield United have 39 points. I'm going to suggest to you that, that any one of those three teams could nick a top four position here. All right? But in, if you look... Uh, right now, the value, Chelsea are one in ten, not great value there. Tottenham Hotspur are four and eleven, not great value there. But Sheffield United, Chelsea, the pr- newly promoted team to the Premier League this year, been playing some crackingly wonderful football, exciting stuff. I mean, they've got three wins, a loss, and a draw in their last five. They've got two wins in a row. They beat Bournemouth, they beat Crystal Palace, and earlier on, they beat West Ham United. I think if there is a dark horse here, Chelsea, I would take Sheffield United at 14 to one for a top four, top four finish. If you want to make a little wager, don't count Sheffield United out. This team can play. I like them 14 to one. I'd certainly put some money on that. Chelsea, there's a little pixie for you there.
1: Right. And they're a team that uh newly uh bumped up. Correct. So that would yeah. be huge.
0: Correct. And the other two. Promoted That's why the odds are probably awful. like that. Yeah, right. So that's that's why and there's shocker. I mean, you can remember Leicester City about 3 years ago won the Premier League and that was a what was that 1000 to 1 or something ridiculous like that before the before the uh before the league started. These things can and do happen. Uh let's go on the other end of the table over to the relegation battle. Of course, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful in the NFL to see the worst three teams bumped to the XFL? and the three best teams in the XFL promoted to the NFL. Wouldn't that be fun to watch? Well, that's what we have, obviously, in the Premier League. Bottom three teams right now, West Ham United, Watford, and Norwich City. Uh, that's where we are on the, in the table today. Um, in terms of relegation, Norwich are sheer favorites to go down. They're 1-16, and 16. No, no value there. They are for sure going to take the long drop to the championship. Uh, Aston Villa, though, they are second place at 4-5. to five. Bournemouth a five to four, and West Ham United a five to four as well. Everyone thinks Watford will get out there seven to four. I think they will, Chelsea. My pick for relegation is Norwich, Bournemouth, and at five to four, you've got to take David Moyes and West Ham United because they are. They suck.
1: <laughs> to put it bluntly. Uh, we've not? got about a minute left. Let's talk managers. Uh, let's talk the sack race, and just some of these uh, manager jobs that are opening up. Uh, what do you, um, uh, what are some of the jobs that are opening well, up right now- and who do you think is going to get sacked?
0: Well, right now, Chelsea, Roy Hodgson is 3-1 to one favorite to get the sack next. He's the manager of Crystal Palace. Unky Roy, we call him. He's a nice old bastard. A good man. But um, I actually don't think Roy Hodgson's going to get the sack. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United is right behind at 4-1. to one. I can say he's made some certain um, d- uh, noises about making the Champions League this year. Because now there are five places going to be open. The fifth place will be open to the Champions League this year because of the situation with um, with Manchester Man City. City, it's yeah. going to get interesting. But I still don't think they're going to sack uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, I actually think the next manager to go, you ready for this, could well be Pep Guardiola. He's 10-1 to 1 right now. He is a manager of Manchester City Football Club. And I think if his players walk and there's no Champions League next year, I think Pep Guardiola hands in his ticket right now.
1: All right. Always good soccer talk with Nick Gieber uh, when we get back from the break. We're talking more basketball, college basketball, this time with Sean Higgs. Thanks again, Nick Geber, for joining us. Cheerio. Cheers, We'll be back after the break. Back on Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also streaming on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, you name it. We're probably there. If you want to search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. Or you can head to our website, picksandparlays.net for all of your sports betting needs. I'm your host, Chelsea Messinger. Uh, Let's dive into some college basketball. Because it's been a long show. We need to get some co- college basketball. Uh, we're talking college hoops with Sean Higgs. Sean, can you hear me? How are you? What have you been up to? I hear
3: you. I hear you. Well, you know, listen to Nick here talking about, like, Dodge Peagle or I was like, I thought he said, like, Regal Beagle. I thought he was talking about Three's Company or something, like a Classic American television. I was like, "Oh, the Regal Beagle." Yeah, I could get into a little Mister Furley action. You know what's happening here on the show? I didn't. Then it was went into soccer or something. I don't know what happened then.
1: There's definitely he usually throws in a few words that I don't know what they mean, and I just kind of smile smile and nod because I think they're maybe they're they're English uh, slang or something. But I digress. Let's talk college basketball. I, I, which I, I, uh, you've been. I like I hit him with lately. a cheerio at the end. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, well, he has th- all... <laughs> Nick, for the viewers Cheerio. who do not know at home, uh, has all these different voices uh, and accents that he likes to do before the show. And we all laugh about it. So that's that's where that came from. But I digress. Back to college hoops. Uh, you've been doing pretty well so far. Tell me about it.
3: 3-0 last week. 3-0 last week Got a show. It's going to be tough to top that one. So I don't know what we're going to do. I gotta... Maybe we got to hit all the sides today, too. Go 16 six and 0 I don't know. But right, we got three so, winners locked in. We got three more, though. We'll, we'll get on it.
1: Yeah, we've got to at least try, right? Uh, let's start with Xavier St. John's. And let me get to my notes. Uh, Xavier, favorite in this one, uh, minus one and a half. Uh, total sits at 141. Uh, Xavier, 16 and nine on the year, uh, 9, 14 and two against the number. St. John's, 14 and 11, 14, 9 and two against the spread. Uh, what do we like in this one? This one's at Madison Square Garden uh, as well. Xavier's one of those teams that's on the bubble to make the NCAA tournament, so you know they're going to be at least trying to play well. Uh, who do we like in this one?
3: Yeah, they're you know clearly on a bubble. They're in there with the loss to Butler, and you know I look at this line at one one and a half. I'm just shaking my head because I look at the you know they win at the pool by eight. They beat Seton Hall by 12. They beat Creighton, handily double digits, Marquette the same way, and yet here against St. John's, a low one-and-a-half number. It's one of those games where it just really doesn't make sense to me. You know, Heron's out for St. John's. He's their leading scorer, and I get, you know, guy goes down, other people come up, but, you know, this is a team, you mentioned their ATS record, hot out of the gate, hot out of the gate with their new coach, but then league play starts, and. You know, all your ugly words come come out to show when you're playing against your, your Novas and your Cranes and Xaviers, you know, who won 10 straight over St. John's. But I got to say, the last time they played, St. John's forced them into 19 turnovers. Again, didn't translate into a win, but if they are going to be sloppy like that here on the road, that's the only reason I can see this line being one and a half. It's like one of those too-good-to-be-true lines. I'm taking a home dog right. here. This is like a home. It's MSG, but let's be honest. St. John's plays all their marquee games here. This is a home game for them. Uh, Xavier will be back for the big east tournament in a couple of weeks, but I don't know. I'm calling St. John's here. I know they're a bubble, Xavier. They need to win off already a loss on the road here, but I don't, this, this line just tells me St. John's is going to win this one here. I got one and a half, whatever. I'll take a money line plus 110. I'm taking St. John's. It just makes no sense to me why they're, you know, three right. and nine in, in big east play and it's one. It's one. It's whatever. We're. It's, you know, it's like Duke last week. That line was eight and a half. We're like, why is this line so high? Florida State's a top 10 team. We're looking at, and it was a battle. You know, Florida State was there the whole game. And this is your, a a team that's probably NCA bound versus a team that's heading to the NIT if they're lucky. You know, I can't, whatever. That's one of those St. John's. St. John's are nothing.
1: It definitely looks a little strange to me because their last meeting, uh, Xavier won that one 75-67 and they were an eight point favorite. Uh, obviously it was at Xavier, so obviously uh, St. John's will get some credit for being at home, even though it's a neutral court. court. Uh, but the maybe. only stat that jumped out to me is St. John's uh, was only one for 16 uh, from the three-point line. So maybe if they shoot even a little better, they can contend. In, yeah. cause obviously, hopefully they're not going to do that again, I would assume.
3: One well, that's that's you know one well, how much worse you get for one sixteen when you go two for two for twenty four on your own home floor so yeah again you couple that with if they're, they're good. St John's gonna have to press they gotta force turnovers that's their game and if you shoot a little better you shoot thirty percent then ten percent <laughs> that should translate into a win for you and again does you mentioned the line eight and a half down to one here on a neutral a neutral we'll call it but right again shady line stuff here ah it makes no sense to me I'm going to St John's it's Whatever, low-hanging fruit. You could go the other way. I think it's easy money. Ah, there's never easy money to be made. Everything's a struggle. St. John's, the Johnnies, the Redmen. I don't even know what they're called anymore.
1: They're the Red Storm, I believe. I think. Uh, let's move the on. The St. John's.
3: Johnnies. The Johnnies.
1: Uh. <laughs> that would be too easy. Um, let's move on to North Carolina and Notre Dame, two of these teams uh, in the ACC that have been struggling this season uh unc is on a five game losing streak they're at the bottom of the acc which is not normal for the tar heels uh obviously they'd want to turn around turn it around and maybe they could make it to the tournament right now it's not looking like it uh unc 10 and 15 9 and 16 against the number notre dame is favoring this one minus four and a half probably because it's at notre dame uh total is 147 and a half uh notre dame 15-10 15-10 and 10 against the spread, and that's also their record. 6-1 uh, and one against the number in their last seven. Uh, last meeting, UNC won that one 76-65 as nine point, nine and a half point uh, home favorites. So uh, this is another one where the line has shifted a lot. Obviously, North Carolina is not having the season that everyone thought they would, but 4.5 to a North Carolina team that still has a lot of talent. Do you like Notre Dame here, or do you like the Tar Heels?
3: You know, you mentioned that opening game that I was opening night. They were nine and a half, ten 10 point favorite and were ranked in the top 10 at the time, North Carolina. Right. So times have definitely changed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 10 and 15, how could we even think about that? Are, are, are they going to put together a run in the ACC tournament to, to make the NCAs? I don't even, I don't, They if they're lucky, maybe they'll get an NIT invite just because they're. North Carolina, but I, if they're going to be under 500, I can't even see that. And You thought maybe they turned the corner. They had a close loss uh, to BC, 71-70, and then they reeled off the two big wins over Miami and uh, NC State, and I had NC State that game. I was like, no way they're 90 points. That's an anomaly. And then they proceeded to lose five straight, although they nearly knocked off Duke in that game, but I, I'm i going to lay the four here with Notre Dame. I know they're not uh, anything great by, by any means. I mean, club, Three-point games. You, uh, Louisville, four-point Georgia Tech, two to Syracuse, FSU by one. So they just lost OT to Virginia by points. So they're in ugly games all the time. And talent-wise, listen, North Carolina's you know probably a top five recruiting talent team every year. But I'm going to lay to four this North Carolina team, even with uh Anthony back. He's averaging about 20 points games the last four games. hasn't hasn't helped them much. Well, I'll take the four. I mean, let's go uh, Notre Dame here at home. You know, I just, North Carolina, it's a bad year. Yeah.
1: Right. And the issue with off, Carolina is the fact that they haven't been able to close out games. Uh, their last four uh, home losses have been by a total of eight points. Uh, that's a dagger, a dagger, especially if you watch that Duke game. Uh, they let that game slip out of their hands. They should have won that twice, and they didn't. Uh, so that's why I have.
3: You can't get a free fake throw. Fake at
1: them.
3: Yeah. They can't hit free throws. They're shooting what forty-one percent. The same crazy thing is, I think they're getting like forty-two rebounds a game in ACC play. I mean, that's insane. But when you're missing, you know, sixty percent of your own shots, I guess it's easy to get forty-something rebounds a game. Uh, if they could only, you're talking like three shots a game. This their whole record would be different. They could be easily eighteen and six as opposed to fifteen and ten or something, you know, or ten and fifteen. Excuse me. So, right. I, I mean, are they going to start falling? I mean, that's what we're betting on—that they're going to. Be able to start closing out games now, yeah. you know, in mid February. That's when they're going to turn it around. I, I, I just that's a, it's a, it's like baseball. You can't be on like losing streaks like that. You just can't just some losing teams. I mean, five in a row, and they haven't looked good all season. Ten wins on the year. That's not North Carolina Tar Heel basketball. It's, listen. If you don't want to play it, you walk away. You don't take Notre Dame. You don't have to play the game. We got other games on the board. We got the, you know, I mean,
1: right. But I take
3: Notre Dame. I can't. I can't just back the loser like that. They've just been. It's, it's just a you don't know what you're getting. Her players.
1: Right. The you know. only thing – the only reason I would ever take North Carolina is the fact that their luck's got to turn sometime, I would assume, because as I mentioned, they do have talent. Uh, Baycott's good down low. Uh, Cole Anthony, who was out for part of the season, so that does Man. give them an excuse uh, to be bad. Their leading scorer was out for, for some of those games. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's kind of – it's kind of like in craps, you either ride the hot hand or if you see something uh, the opposite way, you go the opposite way. You know, like if it's hot on seven, just don't put your chips out there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's good advice. Seven, right. Seven's Sixers. a winner.
1: <laughs> no, seven's not a on winner. On the first roll.
3: On the first roll. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, the first roll, that's it. Or unless if you play the don't pass line. Uh, uh, which I, I hate which, when people, I hate people do. Like that. <laughs> like- I will leave the table if people are playing <laughs> that because obviously it's the best odds, but it's just not any fun, and I hate when people do that. So
3: I I I say it all the time. Like if I just played a don't pass line, I'd make money, right? Because the casino has to make money. But played it don't pass line.
1: <laughs> yeah, but people get mad, and it's fun to celebrate oh, yeah. with everybody else. So that's our craps talk for picks and parlays. <laughs> Sorry if you guys don't play crap. You should get into it. It's very addicting.
3: Oh, I think I built a, one of the towers at Trump in Atlantic City playing. Lose, I should say playing. I wasn't playing. If I was playing, I'd be winning. It was terrible. Forget oh, crap stuff. Man. I move on. Jesus. God.
1: I like the electronic crap so where you can just sit there and lose oh. money. At least get free drinks. But you can bet like dollar bets. So that's fun. Um, all right. Ugh. So let's move on to basketball. <laughs> Iowa State, Kansas, Uh, Kansas big favorites in this one, minus 15 and a half. Total is 141. Uh, Iowa State is without Tyrese Halliburton uh, out for the season with a wrist injury. He's an NBA uh, projected lottery pick, so that's a big loss for Iowa State. They're 11 and 14 on the year, 12 and 13 against the spread. Kansas 22 and 3. That's right. They've only lost three games, but somehow they're still in second place in the Big 12 uh, because of Baylor. Uh, but just 15 and 10 against the spread. So who do we like in this one?
3: Yeah, you just mentioned uh, a high burnout, leading scorer, already a thin bench. And let's remember, Iowa State beat these guys twice last year. And what happened first meeting? In Iowa State, Kansas came out and trucked them by 26. Again, we could say it's a look ahead. You got Baylor on Saturday here. You're laying 15, 16 points, whatever the case would be. But I'm going to lay with Kansas. I think they're going to stick it to them again. Uh, I just don't think Iowa State has the horses to keep up. And I'm going to say maybe even the over here in this game, too, we'll look at the 141. Most of my predictions are, you know, in a 145-type range. So I'm going to go Kansas. It's a heavy number, yes. And, you know, I don't like really laying double digits like this. But, listen, Kansas is good. They're trying to get a one seed themselves with Baylor, with – uh, Gonzaga and San Diego state. So they got stuff to play for and they need a big convincing win, you know, the between these NET uh, ratings and stuff like that. So we'll go lay it 15 and a half. And we're going to go over to one forty one. Also here. Why not? There's a little bonus play here for us on the uh,
1: little sprinkle
3: big 12 action. Yeah
1: uh yeah that's the only reason i would not take kansas here is because it's a very classic look ahead game uh their next game is monday it's
3: it's monday to saturday it's monday to saturday we got time if it was like a a thursday game or something closer to weekend you'd be like oh it's right you know they got all week to take care of that it's it's monday the rankings are coming out they got to come out and jump on them so if it was later in the week i'd be worried about it not here not on a monday
1: all right, Sean, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, we hope we go 3-0 again this week. Yes. Uh, we're back after the break with more Picks and Parlays recap. Take with us after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, you'll probably find us. We're really easy to find uh, at Picks and Parlays or at Picks Parlays on Twitter. Uh, if you want to give us a shout there, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at Chelsea messenger. If you want to give me a shout uh, now, it's time to recap all of today's picks in case you weren't listening, in case you weren't paying attention, or if you're just now joining us, don't worry. We've got you covered. Tony T came on to talk about NBA midseason awards awards uh, for the MVP. He likes Anthony Davis, who's also a pretty good value pick uh, as far as the futures go. Uh, Defensive player of the year. also. Anthony Davis, uh, rookie of the year. He likes John Morant uh, for the Grizz. He's certainly very fun to watch. Uh, Most improved, Luka Doncic, who also very fun to watch and has had an incredible year uh, this season with the Mavs. Moving on to Nick Geber, EPL Futures, top four. He liked Liverpool, uh, a big favorite there. Uh, Manchester City, uh, Leicester City, and Chelsea. But as long shot, Sheffield United at 14-1, to a big value play there just because uh, it's their first year. They just got bumped up. So that would be an incredible story. Uh, Relegation the opposite way. Uh, Norwich, Bournemouth, West Ham. Uh, Those are the ones he likes to move down. And then finally, we talked about college basketball with Sean Higgs. Uh, Xavier St. John's, he's taken St. John's at plus one and a half. Uh, UNC at Notre Dame taking Notre Dame, uh, minus four at home. Iowa State at Kansas, uh, taking Kansas to lay that big number, minus 15 and a half. Hopefully, uh, they're not looking ahead too far because they do play Baylor, the number one team in the country next. So they've got a statement to make, uh, at least for uh, betting purposes. Uh, thanks for joining us. That's it for our show on picks and parlays we're here every weekday if you want to join us we're back tomorrow with more sports betting goodness on picks and parlays see ya
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube